the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I am Seth Leibson. Welcome back. Thursday, June 9th, 2022, 602-508-0960. I'll do my monologue in the third hour. Uh, tonight, as you know, uh, the Democrats have uh, have the mainstream networks and uh, legacy cable, all but Fox, covering uh, live their January 6th hearings uh, because they are trying to tar and feather and paint the entire Republican Party as part and parcel of the January 6th riots. What's important to keep in mind at a basic level is uh, find me one Republican who was involved in those riots or arrested uh, who anyone has ever heard of. Find me one Republican or conservative who everyone or anyone has ever heard of that didn't denounce those when they were taking place and in their aftermath. I think that is the long and short of it, Uh, all while distracting from what the left and the Democrats are up to in and of their own party and their own movement. Andrew C. McCarthy, a former federal prosecutor, many of you know him as a regular guest here, was going to be on the show to talk about some of this in a column he just wrote. Uh, but uh, there's a scheduling conflict, and maybe he'll be with us tomorrow. So uh, I, I wanted to yield to what he wrote because I think uh, in all the coverage you're going to get tomorrow morning in the papers and all the aftermath uh, after tonight's hearings, uh, this is something that will not be discussed. We discussed, excuse me, we discuss the undiscussed here. I think this needs to be discussed. You'll be happy to know that the New York Times did get around to covering Wednesday's attempted murder of a United States Supreme Court justice. All you need to do is pick up the paper. Well, no, no, it's not front page material, except for a teeny tiny blurb under the vacuous heading, Arrest Near Home of Justice. Right under such feature page one stories as Vanishing Word in the Abortion Debate, Women, and Back to the Office, Does Never Work for You? Can't really blame the New York Times, though, right? I mean, today's huge story, the only story really is, quote, inside an attack on democracy. Remember, Thursday's Insurrection Day, or I should say Insurrection Night, as in this evening's primetime Dem-dominated January 6th committee TV extravaganza, produced at the behest of Nancy Pelosi's house by a bigwig former ABC executive. Maybe the assassination story got a mention on page two in the New York Times. You're thinking, no, 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 or three, no, or 10 or 15. No, it didn't make it to page 15. No, you'll need to dig all the way down to page A20 to find the New York Times' grudging coverage of, quote, man with pistol, crowbar, and zip ties arrested near Kavanaugh's home, close quote. Do you think the left might just have a political violence problem? Well, imagine what the coverage would be if, say, we switched out the word Kavanaugh and substituted Sotomayor or Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Think we're still talking page A20? Of course not. 
It would be the only story, a story permitted to eclipse even Insurrection Day. Even if the threat to a progressive justice had been merely verbal, say, a gas bag senator screaming, I want to tell you, Sotomayor, I want to tell you, Kagan, you have unleashed a whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. It would still be a blockbuster report, not something trivial like, say, if a radical leftist Bernie Sanders supporter were to, I don't know, spray bullets at Republican lawmakers on a baseball field and damn near kill one of them. Unlike the armed attempted murder of Justice Brett Kavanaugh, even an unarmed threat to a progressive jurist would be treated as an attack on democracy itself. You think this is a double standard? No, it's the standard. If you don't see that, it's because you're thinking about this the wrong way. For woke progressives who dominate the left today, the dividing line is not violence, such that once you cross it, you are to be condemned no matter what political agenda drove you to act. The dividing line is good and evil as progressives see those terms. If you support what Barack Obama vaporously called transformational change and what his friend, the weatherman terrorist Bill Ayers, more transparently calls small C communism, you're all good. If you're a conservative, if you value the Constitution, if you believe America is a force for good in the world, then you're evil. Think about Joe Biden making fun of the phrase MAGA. If you're in the progressives good category and someone tried to assassinate you, you'd be a media obsession. If you're in the evil category, you're page A20. And that's only because the Democrats' media partners don't want to be harangued about how they never covered it. And by the way, that's only at the beginning, right after an event like the attempted murder of Kavanaugh happens. Once the dust settles, say Sunday or Monday, it'll be safe to start running the why Kavanaugh had it coming stories. When Republicans protest, the Biden administration sees incitement or even domestic terrorism. When radical leftists violate clear federal law by protesting at the home of conservative Supreme Court justices, the Biden administration sees passion. How else is good supposed to respond to evil? Once you understand that the red line is good versus evil, not violence, everything else comes into place and starts to make sense. The left knows you think the line should be violent, so they try to finesse the point, often hilariously. Hence the deadpan media commentary in CNN or MSNBC segments about mostly peaceful protests, even if those were your cease streets literally on fire. But the dirty little not-so-secret is that the left admires its terrorists and assassins. They don't see these sociopaths as violent, or better, They see virtue in the violence, a sign that their side has the courage to pull it all on the line for the cause. Just a few days ago, the Biden administration threw another lifeline to leftist lawyers who firebombed a police car. The Justice Department had already gutted this terrorism case down to one serious felony for which privileged radical attorneys Colin Ford Mattis and Rouge Rahman were looking at 10 years imprisonment. Whereas a January 6th rioter, if you could find one who deployed a Molotov cocktail and none have been found, would be looking at life imprisonment. But even that outrageous leniency was so insufficient as far as DOJ's woke progressives were concerned. So they just reimagined the crime into something it wasn't. And presto, the terrorists 
will now be sentenced on the Biden's prosecutor recommendation to 18 months in prison. To repeat, that's for firebombing a police car. No surprise. The Biden Justice Department has scorched the earth to find the most minor nonviolent Trump supporters merely for being on the scene during the Capitol riot and dragged them across the country to face criminal prosecution on misdemeanors that are virtually never charged. Yet progressive prosecutors have dropped hundreds of cases against radical leftists who rioted and looted in the mostly peaceful nationwide months-long George Floyd protests, and they've reduced charges to a stunning degree even for acts of arson that caused death. The left doesn't want to prosecute its terrorists. It lionizes its terrorists. You will recall the current sitting vice president even raised funds for these mostly peaceful protesters. The aforementioned Bill Ayers and his wife and terrorist sidekick Bernadine Dorn, they're now respected academics. I told you about this yesterday. Their foster son is Chesa Budin, the progressive royalty. That's what got him elected DA in San Francisco until they could no longer abide a prosecutor who won't prosecute. Ayers and Dorn had to raise Chesa because his parents, their weatherman terrorist pals Kathy Boudin and David Gilbert, never came home one night in October 1981 because they were arrested for conspiring with the Black Liberation Army terrorists to carry out the Brinks robbery, murdering two police officers and a security guard while seriously wounding another policeman. Naturally, after Chessa's mom, Kathy, was released from her 20-year prison sentence, Columbia University rolled out the red carpet, enabling her to found the university's Center for Justice. What else? It was by then a well-worn path. Ayers recently retired after decades as the Distinguished Professor of Education at the University of Illinois. Though Dorn's terrorist activities and contempt conviction complicated her ability to become a member of the bar, Northwestern University stepped up to make her a clinical associate professor of law at its, altogether now, Children and Family Justice Center. What about David Gilbert, Chess's dad? Well, in his last official act before resigning in disgrace, Andrew Cuomo, New York's Democratic governor, did what? Guess what he did? He granted Gilbert clemency so he could be sprung from his murder sentence. Remember, murdering cops. That's why he was available, along with heirs and Angela Davis, to campaign for Chessa Boudin just a few days ago. Eric Holder wrote his student radicalism at Columbia to Democratic Party stardom. As Bill Clinton's deputy attorney general, he helped the president concoct a corrupt pardon process that Clinton used not only to grant clemency to fugitive Mark Rich, but also to spring Linda Evans, another Weatherman terrorist, part of the Brinks robbery conspiracy, which also was involved later who also was involved later in bombing the U.S. Senate in 1983. Bombing the U.S. Senate in 1983. We will see tonight how many times we are told this was the first insurrectionist act on Capitol Hill. No, the left did it in 1983, along with Susan Rosenberg, who was also involved and found in possession of 700 pounds of explosives. This was nowhere near the first nor even the most serious attack on the Capitol in our lifetimes. Protests by evil parents and alumni prevented the noble Rosenberg from taking plum teaching posts at John Jay College and Hamilton College. But she's progressive royalty, so she landed on her feet 
a top board position, a thousand currents at the vortex of progressive funding streams that underwrite the social justice activism of Black Lives Matter, or at least their homes, or at least their mansions is probably the more accurate way to put it. Meanwhile, Holder, who was also at the DOJ for Clinton's clemency grant to FALN terrorists, was, of course, promoted to attorney general in the Obama administration. At the end of his term, President Obama granted clemency to progressive darling Chelsea Manning, the transgender former Army intelligence analyst convicted of leaking classified information about Iraq, and FALN terrorist Oscar Oscar Lopez Rivera, whom even Clinton wouldn't pardon because he was too brazen about refusing to express remorse. Obama and Holder did that. We should stop acting as if we're surprised that the media Democrat complex has trouble condemning terrorists, violent assailants, and sundry radicals who hate America and target conservatives. They prefer to reward and honor these radicals. In their heart of hearts, leftists don't see violence as evil. They see conservatives as evil. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960, portions of which are brought to you by the Midas Gold Group, the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. They have intel that you will want. They have in their crosshairs an economic DEFCON concern of historic proportions that they believe will commence this year. Time is of the, uh, time is of the essence to protect your investments. Call Midas Gold Group to find out. Give them a call. Find out what they've analyzed and what they've put together. They have the intel. They have the experience. They have it all. MidasGoldGroup.com, the only precious metal dealer I, Seb Gorka, and thousands of you already use. Jonathan Turley of uh, George Washington University Law School, professor of law at George Washington University, such an interesting guy. You don't see him on cable anymore except Fox News. But during, I will remember this well, during the Clinton impeachment, he was all over CNN and MSNBC because he opposed the Clinton impeachment. He is a Democrat. He's a Democrat with an open mind, however. And his mind is open the way you want a mind to be open, in a way that your brains don't fall out. If you want to see an example of brains falling out, watch Jimmy Kimmel last night. We'll talk about that in my monologue in the third hour. Jonathan Turley writes, The arrest of a man near the home of Justice Brett Kavanaugh early Wednesday is a chilling escalation in our age of rage. It's a great phrase, age of rage, isn't it? Police said the man identified in court records as one Nicholas John Roski of California had a pack carrying a Glock pistol, a tactical knife, pepper spray, zip ties, a hammer, and a crowbar. We spoke about a lot of this yesterday. Before I go on, keep in mind that Glock pistol. Keep in mind D.C., Maryland, and California, the places he traveled, illegal. The Glock he had was illegal in all those places. The Glock he had was illegal. Just keep that in mind as Congress is talking about passing more laws on guns. Roski, according to news reports, was angry that the Supreme Court 
may overturn Roe versus Wade this month. He said that. He faces charges of attempting to kidnap, murder, or threaten a federal judge. This incident, by the way, came actually after a judge was recently zip-tied and killed in his Wisconsin home. A former defendant in the judge's courtroom has been charged. Crime can be mimicked. Politicians and commentators rushed to condemn the threat. Few of them, however, are willing to admit that it was both shocking while not surprising. For months, critics of the Supreme Court have ratcheted up the rhetoric against Kavanaugh and his colleagues, including calls for protesters to be more aggressive outside the justices' homes. You understand what's happening here? We are having hearings tonight about people being aggressive on January 6th for a political purpose and cause, while the Democrats are ratcheting up the rhetoric for people to be more aggressive against the justices themselves for an opinion the left doesn't like. Politicians and pundits have raced to the bottom by discarding any sense of restraint or responsibility in denouncing the court's conservative majority over a leaked draft of an opinion written by Sam Alito that made the case for overturning Roe. Sam Alito had to go into federal protective custody or hiding because of the threats against him and his family. Some of us expressed disgust at the threat made by Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer on the steps of the Supreme Court when he called out Kavanaugh by name. He said, I want to tell you, Justice Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Justice Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. If Kavanaugh had any doubts about the price before, he and his family know what it is now. The day before the arrest on Wednesday, I, Jonathan Turley, testified to the Senate Judiciary Committee on new legislation in which Democratic members are seeking to force the FBI to prioritize the investigation of white supremacists for terrorism. In the hearing, senators attacked Fox News and political opponents for fueling terrorism with their rhetoric. Some of us were attacked in the media for noting that extremist violence, including lethal attacks, have come, yes, from the right, but also from the left. While I believe that parts of the bill are unconstitutional and threaten free speech rights, I do agree that extreme rhetoric should be condemned. However, such condemnation should acknowledge the extreme language used on the left as well. I'm going to say more about this when we come back. We are dealing... In a day, aren't we, an age of rage where all of the norms of constitutional and democratic processes have been turned on their head. Just when the First Amendment became under assault, then the second, then the fifth. Folks, we're in pretty deep and dark soup here. Pretty deep and dark soup. And the fact that there is one Democrat academic who can address the left with this concern should tell you almost everything you need to know. Let me take a quick break. Invite your calls as well. 602-508-0960. I'd love to know what you're thinking as a movement of a member, as a member of a movement that the Democratic Party thinks is a terrorist organization. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. It is going to be an interesting study in, um, in broken thinking. I was going to use the word hypocrisy, but hypocrisy has become so devalued of any consequence. It's really something having to do with the new standard that Andy McCarthy talks about. It's not a double standard anymore. It is the new standard. It's what Ryan Ryan Williams of the Claremont Institute calls regime hierarchy, what I call opinion and principle hierarchy. The laws only really apply to one political party or one political movement in this country, and they apply when they're broken only against the other political party and political movement in this country. I don't think anyone in our movement has to um, be put on the defensive on the issue of whether the House of Representatives and the Senate are sacrosanct institutions. I don't think we have to be put on the defensive when we are the ones who continually talk about their dually constitutional powers and that we've been trying to protect them. I don't think we have to be put on the defensive when we were concerned about the violence that attended the Trump inauguration. I don't think we have to be defensive about protecting any of the institutions of our federal government, much less state and local government. But for all the talk you will hear from the Democrats about the Capitol, the U.S. Capitol, and how its sanctity was breached, you will hear nothing. Zero, zip, null set about the Supreme Court's sanctity being breached. The leak of the draft opinion was done by Democratic activists and propelled by a Democratic media. The violation of the law's to this point, have found no one to arrest. No one to arrest. Understand the staffing of the Supreme Court is not very high. There's not as many people in the Supreme Court as there are in the executive wing of the White House or even at the committee staff level in the Senate. It's a pretty small group. My bet is everyone knows who did the leak there. It was a crime. It was a crime not against just the American people, but it was a breach of the integrity and the processes of the Supreme Court, as has been the illegal protests in front of the Supreme Court justices' homes. They are illegal protests. They are violations of federal law. The Department of Justice has been asked to protect the justices' homes by arresting those protesters, and they will not do so. They will not do so. President Biden had not one single word to say about the attempted assassination of Brett Kavanaugh yesterday. Instead, he went and yucked it up on Jimmy Kimmel's show. Not one thing to say about that. It's not about a violation of norms, folks. It's about a violation of Article 3 of the U.S. Constitution and one of its institutions, the Supreme Court, which the Democrats had told us up until this year when it protected the rights they wanted protected was the sacrosanct institution. So sacrosanct 
that if you issued the wrong opinion, it would be just fine and dandy for the majority leader of the Senate, who happens to be a Democrat, to deliberately call out the names of Supreme Court justices whose opinions you don't like and say you will inherit the whirlwind and not know what hit you. So you have not only the breach with the leaking of the draft opinion, you have no arrest of the person who did that, and you have a Department of Justice that will not enforce federal law with the protests outside of Republican or Republican-appointed justices' homes. You think the DOJ would arrest those people and stop it if they were in front of Kagan and Sotomayor's homes? To ask that question is to answer it. As I go to break, let me put in a word for our great sponsor, Balance of Nature. I'm not a big fan of veggies, but I have to admit when I'm in the produce section, yeah, those colors of fruits and veggies do look good, don't they? All those colors you see in the produce section equals nutritional variety. Different colors signify different key nutrients. If you eat only your favorite one or two veggies, you're missing a whole world of vital nutrients. And that's where... Balance of Nature comes in with their fruits and veggies and a blend of 31 different fruits and veggies. 31, because variety equals vitality. All natural, Balance of Nature. I take it every single day. I want you to have the energy, vitality, immunity, and strength I do. Check them out at balanceofnature.com. Discount code BALANCE. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Portions are brought to you by Y-Refi. They offer a unique investment opportunity with a great return for investors. We're talking about a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y. They're a local company. They're not going to give you a sales pitch. They're just going to talk about what they're doing and let it speak for itself. What is it that they do? They help people doing their best to dig out of debt, dig out of debt by paying off their debts, doing it with dignity, seeing a lot of other amazing things along the way like FICO score recovery. Why Refi is a due diligence to prove firm run by great people who are doing great themselves. You can Check them out at investyrefi.com or give them a call at 855-316-3087. The hearings tonight are going to be kind of interesting in one sense. That one sense is the one-sidedness of it. You will not hear evidence of, oh, say, a current Democratic mayor saying this. Only two months ago, quote, to my friends in the LGBTQ plus community, the Supreme Court is coming for you next. This moment has to be a call to arms. Is that more insurrectionist and incitement to insurrection than march peacefully and patriotically? A little bit? Maybe? Maybe just a little bit? What about Maxine Waters, member of Congress, D. California, saying, well, we have got to stay on the street. We have got to get more active. We have got to get more confrontational. We have to make sure they know we mean business. 
more confrontational. Is that peacefully and patriotically? Kamala Harris in the midst of the riots. They are not going to stop. They are not going to stop. They are not. This is a movement. I am telling you, they are not going to stop. And everyone beware. What about squad member Ayanna Presley, member of Congress? There needs to be unrest in the streets. Or Nancy Pelosi, I just do not know why there are not uprisings all over the country. Or Maxine Waters in her coda to her first chapter saying in a restaurant, in an apartment store, at a gasoline station, you get out there and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they are not welcome here anymore. They being Republicans. Cleansing not just the political scene of Republican speech, but Republicans, and cleansing not just the political scene of Republican speech and Republicans, but every public sphere. I quoted you the law professor from Georgetown, Georgetown, one of the top 10 law schools in the country, law professor of torts, saying there is only one party in America, the Democratic Party. The Republican Party is not fit to govern. I have been telling you they believe this for a long time. Every once in a while, they say that quiet part out loud. probably close the show with an explanation of the weaponization of our politi- of uh, politics and our political language probably um, Steve Hayward over at the power line sets it up pretty nicely just today you've heard me refer to Abraham Lincoln's use of the word the Wolf's Dictionary, the phrase the Wolf's Dictionary. He used that in a very great speech of his at a sanitary fair in um, just a little bit, but just in 1860, uh, 1865, just before he was killed, about how the slave-holding Confederacy distorted language to justify their actions. There's another kind of dictionary. I don't know how many people are aware of Ambrose Bierce's Devil's Dictionary. It's more satirical than anything else. A little less serious, of course, than Abraham Lincoln's version of the Wolf's Dictionary. So Steve Hayward has gotten one better and sat down and decided to help us out in understanding the current dictionary we need. Populism. What does populism mean? means when the wrong person or cause wins a free election, like Brexit, Trump, or a Soros DA recall. What is racism? Any opposition to the agenda of the left. That's the new meaning of racism. What's the meaning of democracy? Any institutional design or voting system that enables the left to get what it wants. What's the threat to democracy? When Republicans win an election, what is equality? It's an outmoded idea from the Declaration of Independence. What is diversity? Where everyone looks different but thinks the same thing and speaks in identical cliches. That's diversity today. That's my favorite definition. Equity. What's equity? It's the phrase leftists use when they reach for your wallet. What's disinformation? Anything a conservative says. What's holistic? You hear this word holistic a lot. 
It's the less leftist adjective for we have no idea what to do about a problem. We'll take a holistic approach. Speaking of a holistic approach, I'll get back to the dictionary in just a moment. It was a year ago that Kamala Harris, our vice president, who was put in charge of the border crisis, went to Guatemala and told the people of Guatemala that the message the United States has for them is don't come to America. Don't travel to America illegally. That's what she said. She was asking her, what's your message to the people of Guatemala who are contemplating going to America? She said, my message is don't come. Since she said that a year ago, a year ago, she has said nothing else about the border. And caravan after caravan after caravan after caravan after caravan has come. And so have a lot of other people. It's amazing what they do not want to talk about. It's amazing what they think a crisis is. Even if you accept the entirety of the Democratic line on January 6th, is this a crisis now? It happened January 6th of 2021, over a year and a half ago. Those involved have been indicted and arrested. Why is this a crisis today, given everything else that's going on? Really, why is it? Why is this a crisis, given everything else that's going on? I'll tell you why. You know why? You know why it's a crisis to them? It's a crisis to them because they didn't get the big guy. No, not the big guy, Joe Biden, that Hunter talked about. The big guy is Donald Trump. That's who they're trying to get. You know, the guy who was a mile and a half away from the invasion of Congress, the attack on Congress, which started before he finished speaking, his speech being about marching patriotically and peacefully. Some kind of dictionary we're going to need. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Uh, got a, a great series of guests coming up, a school board uh, a candidate running for school board locally to defend parents' rights and children's health, mental health, educational health. And uh, Rachel Mitchell, who is uh, our new county attorney and running for election uh, this November, coming up as well. And I'll do my monologue in the third hour. This looks interesting because it's from out of state, Dallas, Texas. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the show. Hi, Seth. How are you? I am well, sir. How are you? Good, good. Rhonda suggested I give you a call after I bounce something off of her. Why don't conservatives like you, Dennis Prager, and Matt Walsh, get 20 minutes on Sunday and refute one by one what these idiots say tonight. <laughs> I love it. On Thursday. I love it. I love Why it. Why couldn't that? Because, it, first of all, they're doing it for, I'm guessing, several hours. I'm guessing. And they're going to lose. They're, they're not, no one is going to be listening to them. But you know who's chairing will. it? Have you even heard of the person who's chairing this here, Benny Thompson? Do you even know who that is? Yeah, he's the, he's the congressman from Mississippi. Yeah, I know, but I just, I mean, outside of 10 people and the residents of Mississippi, I don't think anyone knows who he is. This isn't exactly so, Sam Irvin and Watergate. No, no, this isn't a, uh, 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 
the uh, brain trust of the Democrat Party, if there is one, mm-hmm. and certainly the two. <laughs> yeah, that, that's funny. Okay, uh, sorry, that had layers to may it. I, okay. May I make one other? Sure. Man, make one other point. Sure. Like you, I'm a lawyer, and um, but I, I'm I try lawsuits. And <laughs> Unlike me, you're a lawyer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, 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 no. You're a lawyer too. So why do you keep I, embarrassing I, me like that in public? Uh, Tom? No, no, no. I'm a Republican lawyer. All right, all right. We're we're we're, we're destined for minority status, I guess. Okay. We are indeed. We are indeed. Why why didn't the uh, powers that be choose one jurisdiction to fight the election battle? And why yeah, didn't they that, that's a great question. That's a great right. Why didn't they? Why didn't they hire an epidemiologist to testify that what these people were, the, all these ballots that were found, it's it's a statistical impossibility, uh, more likely than not, by a preponderance of the evidence. Yeah, this is not. It's a great question, Tom. I think we have to admit something that I, I've been talking about it since uh, the day after the election, honestly. Um, and by the way, thank you for the call and suggestions, and I hope you'll call back. Um, I've been, uh, there is something we have to admit, which is the Trump administration was not prepared to do what it should have been prepared to do. They knew that there was going to be a big problem with the November elections in 2020. They knew because they told us Donald Trump at one point threatened to withhold COVID relief funds to states that engaged in universal mail-in balloting. Remember that? He got hammered and he pulled back and he didn't do it. Bill Barr, attorney general at the time, said you're playing with fire. They had notice. They put us on notice. They just weren't prepared for the strategy afterwards, which is why, you're right, it was scattershot across all the states with not great lawyers. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.